0: Congratulations, Ohio. Sportsbooks are live on January 1. Go to playerprofiler.com forward slash offers to check out the promotions for new depositors from FanDuel, Caesars, BetMGM, and PointsBet.
1: Yeah. Woo! Let's go, Jacob. We got week seventeen, baby. We are here for week seventeen. DFS, get excited! Oh man, Jacob, this is weird. I haven't had a show in a week, man. Normally, I have two or three shows in between. Uh, this is this is my first show this week, man. So I'm I'm privileged to have that first show with you, although it normally yeah. is with you on a
0: different. show. Yeah, I was gonna say. I was like, every other week, your first show is with me. It's just on a Wednesday. Yeah. But nice to do it on Friday.
1: There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's nice to do on a Friday. What's going on, everybody? We are here to talk DFS for week 17. And let me tell you. It is a real doozy. I, I, I'm having so much fun with this slate, Jacob, because it's it's gross, right? It's it's insane, but it's gross, and it's fun, and it's chalky, and it's not chalky, and nobody really knows what's happening because we have injuries, we have fake injuries, we have, yeah. we have teams that we don't
0: know whether they're going to try to win or not. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's going to be yeah. so
1: bizarre. I, I mean, like, it, it kind of sucks because, of course, you know, we play with, with Underdog on, on best ball, right? And I have one team that made it into the super flex, and I have, like, uh, Devonta Smith, I have AJ Brown, I've got Justin Jefferson, I've got James Conner, who's likely gonna run the ball down the throats of the Atlanta Hawks this week. Uh, you know, and then I have Kurt Hawks. Wow, I'm we got sorry. James <laughs> Conner's playing power
0: forward. <laughs> starting center so, on the Phoenix Suns.
1: Yep, absolutely. No, so and then of course, you know, I have uh Kirk Cousins to pair with Justin Jefferson and then to pair with Devonta go. Smith. And A.J. Brown, I have Jalen Hurts.
0: Yeah, no,
1: and I don't have a third yeah. quarterback. I don't have, I have a third quarterback.
0: My, oh, I mean, of, of my of my four teams that I advanced into a best ball final, only one of them has two active quarterbacks this week. I'm happy if I just have one. I have one team with Burrow and with Cousins, so I guess that's where my high hopes are, that's especially because I know so many other people are in the same boat that I'm in with, with one or more quarterbacks missing. Uh, I have two more Hurts teams. Uh, that obviously are, are down to one QB. Uh, one of them, at least, is Mahomes as the quarterback, so I have some level of faith. The other one is Daniel Jones, so I'd say a lower level of faith. Um, and unfortunately, one of my teams is a Lamar Tua team, so fully out of commission. Yeah.
1: Oh, man. It, it's going to be rough, but let's bring it back in into DFS, of course. This week, typically what we do typically what we do, not this week, but typically what we do is we actually will set up about four to five teams or four to five games we really want to attack and go heavy on, you know, put all of our chips in on. And then we discuss which players we actually want to play inside of those, how we're going to attack those games, and what we're going to, uh, what we expect the outcomes to be. Well, this week, since week 17, we decided to have a little bit of fun. What we're going to do is we're going to go through, and we're not going to do like game by game necessarily, but we will discuss the majority of the games, and we're just going to build lineups the whole time. We're just going to build lineups for you guys. We're going to sit there and we're going to go through and we're going to build probably five to six different lineups tonight on the show. So I hope you guys are ready for that. I hope you guys are excited. It's not going to be as in depth because obviously if we did that, then it would be a five hour show and Jacob would probably kill me, but we are excited to dive into these matchups. So Jacob, my man, are you ready? Let's do it. Let's go. Oh yeah! Oh god, man, I'm getting into it tonight, man. I'm ready. I'm I'm excited to build lineups with you. I've been sitting here with my face in the books all night, or in the computer screen all night. I'm just ready to to build some lineups with you, man. So, real quick before we go into that, is there a stack that you really, uh, just intensely love this week? Like with yeah, a David Blaw
0: and Greg Dortch, yes.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, didn't Greg Dortch go on IR right before the show?
0: What? <laughs> maybe it wasn't Greg, oh, Greg Dolcich. You got Greg the wrong, you got okay, the wrong that's what Greg is. with a CH.
1: You're right, you're
0: right. Yeah. <laughs> was I was having a heart attack. I, I'm, I'm so excited for Greg Dorch <laughs> this week. I was like, don't you dare, don't you dare put uh put Greg Dorch on IR. No, that would be Greg Dulcich, which means uh, oh, that you really want to play Albert, you know, as your bring back with the uh, Kansas City stacks. I suppose suppose you, you have a window open.
1: I, I, um, I don't think it's the worst play of the week, but no, go ahead.
0: No, I don't. I don't have like one that is that is super super uh, appealing to me, you know, over anything else. Which I think is kind of why we want to go through each of the games. And my hope is is that as we go through, you know, I have a few angles that I like, and and hopefully as we go through these games, you know, maybe one of those will present themselves as the one that I'm most excited about. But I, so far, I have a couple angles that I like. I have a couple angles that I like to not be on, um, and and then we'll kind of take it from there.
1: Yeah, I mean Justin Fields is interesting to start a stack out with. Awesome, uh, I really yeah. like Justin Herbert a lot this week. Uh, Kirk Cousins makes things interesting to an extent. Um, Aaron Rodgers actually, for me, if Christian Watson plays, is, is somewhat
0: interested in
1: tempting. Yeah, it's tempting. It's 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 enticing, uh, especially with the game flow. Uh, Jared Goff like- up against Chicago should be interesting, and even Daniel Jones to an extent.
0: I really like that Vikings Packers game. Uh, I think that coming off of last week, you know, we had all the weather in all these midwestern, northern, northeastern games, and this week the weather's a lot milder. The forecast is lovely in Green Bay. It'll be cold, sure. Yeah, it's like it's not 38 last degrees week or something. Cold. It's going to be. It's it's supposed to be about 35 Fahrenheit, three degrees Celsius. It's going to be a little above zero. It's brisk. That's fine. It's going to be sunny. The wind is only going to be about five Man. miles an hour, steady. So I would be playing that game entirely unencumbered from any weather concerns. It's going to be an afternoon game, and we know the deal with Minnesota secondary; they suck. Uh, they they really give up a lot of big plays, in particular to vertical outside wide receivers. Christian Watson's a perfect fit. We'll see if he plays. I'm going to say that he plays. I mean, he practiced this. He practiced today on a limited basis, and you know we're we're talking about a team that basically has to win their final two games to be able to get into the playoffs. So if he can play, he's playing. This is not one of those teams where we have concerns of, okay, how bad do they really want to push this player? If Watson can get on the field, he's going to play, and I expect him to be pretty effective. But I even think, you know, if you want to play it the other way, where Watson might not be 100% healthy, I think that Green Bay has plenty of low price options to try and attack, because uh, you really only need one big play against this beatable secondary.
1: Yeah, it... Man, it, I think it's just it's a it's a fun game that we get to watch over there for yes. the Packers and the Vikings. Let's go ahead and bring the screen up and let's start building our first lineup. All right, so let's go ahead and, and let's start out with the Green Bay lineup. How about that? Let's let's start out with some Aaron Rodgers and some Kirk Cousins. Uh, which one do you prefer in this matchup? Because Kirk Cousins has been you know somewhat elite to an extent. Let me actually pull up his game log so that everybody can see. Uh, we have the Giants who are pretty good up against quarterbacks. Twenty-four points allowed the week before that, thirty-seven points. Detroit, twenty-eight points. Although Detroit's pretty terrible. So with Kirk Cousins, I mean, he's enticing. I don't think he's going to see a significant level of ownership just because of how good this Green Bay secondary has been throughout the season. Uh, you know, which way are you leaning? I feel like you're you're going Aaron Rodgers on this one for sure.
0: I- I'm entirely happy to play both. And and I'm honestly excited about the running game, bring backs from both sides too. So this is probably the game I'm most excited about playing and I'm totally fine from either angle. I think I like the Rogers side a little bit better because I feel like I have a little bit more optionality in terms of who I'm stacking with it and it's cheaper. So you can, I think, do more things with it Uh, versus with Cousins, you're probably including Jefferson and now you're tying up a lot of dollars. But I'm okay with either option. So let's build the one you're you're feeling most and and I'm going to roll with it either way.
1: You know what? Let's pull up Aaron Rodgers' game logs real quick because his game logs have been really disappointing, right? 14-11, 13-11, 19. I mean, he just hasn't been doing it, right? Even against the Titans, you would assume that he would break 25, and he just didn't didn't do it. But this is because this time of year, green Bay loves to run the ball. They love to, to pound it down their opponent's throats. AJ Dillon is, is a God during this time of the year. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to opt to go with, with Kirk cousins. I don't think the ownership is going to scare me away from Kirk cousins this week. Uh, meanwhile, he offers a very, um, may way higher floor. Meanwhile, if Aaron Rodgers has a typical game like he has, you're pretty much out of the runnings in a deeper tournament, which for this one, we have over 300,000 people signed up for this one. So I'm going to go with the guy who can get
0: me to that elite level. I'm gonna go with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I'm good with that. And I mean, if we're playing Cousins, I mean, we know the deal this year with Kirk Cousins, right? I think you, you're you playing, yes, exactly. You're, you're, <laughs> you're
1: playing Justin Jefferson.
0: It's, if Kirk Cousins is hitting a ceiling, it's coming via the best wide receiver in the NFL. The question is, do you double stack? And, and who do you add as the second? Is it Hawkinson? Is it Thielen? Is it Osborne? But uh, building a Kirk Cousins lineup without Justin Jefferson just feels like putting a kick me sign on your forehead. So I think we can safely lock in Mr. Jefferson. Uh D.J. Hawkinson, of course, coming off of the massive game, um, you know, and, and he's certainly seen a, a fairly high degree of volume. I think he'll be playable. It gets very expensive if you're spending up at tight end and you're playing uh, Justin Jefferson. So I'm okay with trying out Hawkinson and seeing how we feel about it. And I'd be okay with playing K.J. Osborne as well. Th- Thielen has been a little bit of a ghost, honestly, since since Hawkinson's acquisition. Um, at least with Osborne, he's cheap. So I'm just kind of hoping for one big play, but.
1: Yeah, I mean, Hawkinson is tough, right? Because I feel like, you know, if you're playing Kirk Cousins, you're going to play Justin Jefferson, and a lot of people are going to play Hawkinson with it. Meanwhile, Hawkinson's going to carry also onto the other side on the Green Bay stacks. Yeah. Um, along with Justin Jefferson, of course. So uh, for me, like, all right, so we're looking at these, these over-unders, right? And I think there's like one, maybe two games that goes over 47 for the over-unders. Correct me if I'm wrong, or do you know off the top of your head? Uh, in terms of the over-unders, this one's yeah. 47 and a
0: half. Okay. Um,
1: and I then believe, we have the I, Bears I and Lions is
0: one game higher. Yeah, and it is the Bears and the Lions at 52.
1: Outside of that, no team is really over 42 and a half. So if the Bears and Lions doesn't end up, you know, hitting big, which if it hits big on the Bears side, then you're not going to need to double stack. Uh, like I I just feel like you can actually get away with a single stack just because of how low like these some of these other game totals are, we can focus on trying to find those those gems in some of these other games.
0: Yeah, I don't have an issue with uh, single stacking Jefferson ever, just based on how high his salary is, right? Like, get, realistically, if you're playing a Justin Jefferson at ownership at $9,500, like, if he gets less than 30, you're probably not loving that choice. So, you you can get a cousin ceiling game with almost all of the production going to Justin Jefferson. So, I don't have an issue with it. Um, I will say, just because we, we probably won't include him in this lineup, although I honestly would be okay with it, um, I really like Dalvin Cook's spot this week. You know, that he's always been an absolute menace against the Green Bay Packers. And the Green Bay Packers, just in general, are terrible against running backs. I think that he's going to fall a little under the cracks. He has a lot of the season in terms of ownership, mostly because he hasn't really had too many ceiling games. But him at 7K, probably closer, I think, to about 10% ownership, probably going to come in less owned, I would guess, than Jefferson. And certainly, uh, I, th- I think, also less than Hawkinson or similar. I, I like Dalvin Cook. I'm okay playing him, uh, even if you really want to do an onslaught stack. Probably most of my cook will be coming as the bring back with Green Bay um, stacks, yep. but I just wanted to note that I like him a lot. Also, if you're not stacking this game, I- I'm probably going to try and look at many correlations between Cook and Watson, or if Watson does not play, then probably Cook and Dubs, um, maybe Lazar. But I don't know. I'm just not. I just struggle to click Alan Lazar to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, I mean, Lazard saw 11 targets last week, but he didn't really do anything with them. He's out there. He's running all the routes. Uh, He is the type of receiver that has beaten the Vikings to an extent. I mean, we saw Isaiah Hodgins. They're not the same player, but they still have like a a bigger physical profile. Uh, They're not extremely fast. They just beat uh, the opponent with physicality. So... Alan Lazard for me, I think is is a guy who you can fit in there and would be a good stack. But honestly, like I'm feeling AJ Dillon at this point. AJ Dillon has been the the workhorse they've leaned on. Uh, it's going to assume that the uh, the Packers defense has somewhat of an impact early on in the game and allows the the uh, Packers to go up and then they just run the ball nonstop with AJ Dillon. It just it seems like the right situation to go to up against the the Vikings, who by the way, the first time that A.J. Dillon was relevant this season, was actually up against the Vikings in week one. Yeah, week one.
0: I, I do like A.J. Dillon this week. Honestly, I'm, I'm kind of interested in playing both the Green Bay running backs this week because I don't think either are going to get owned at all. Uh, Aaron Jones has been, of course, battling an ankle injury now for a few weeks. Uh, he came out of the game, uh, I think it was the Detroit game, uh, with an ankle injury. He's, he's come back. He hasn't actually missed the game yet. But we did see last week, it was reported that his first carry of the second half, he said he tweaked his ankle He spent the rest of that drive on the sidelines. They started working in Patrick Taylor even a little bit in relief. Uh, Jones did return to that game, by all accounts, is going to play this week. But you never know what they're going to do with the workload, right? We've seen since Jones picked up that ankle injury that it's been closer to a 50-50 split than it was prior to that. That makes Dylan entirely viable at 5,800. I'm also totally fine if you want to play the other side of it and say, yeah, I'm just going to bet that Jones is healthy. We know that he has explosive ability, and he's not going to be owned at all because he projects like crap because of the injury at 7,100. So I'm fine playing either. Probably going to play more Dylan, mostly because I don't think that he's actually going to carry much ownership himself. Like It would be one thing if Jones was out, but with Jones active and playing and just people unsure of the role he's going to have, you know, I think that Dylan's going to come in probably under own. I'm going to play him.
1: So I I will say... I'm looking across the Vikings, and this is not research that I've done. I'm kind of doing this on the fly, like, as we speak, because something just hit me. I mean, Robert Tanyan's out there running, like, all the routes, right? Like, he's out there on every play. Uh, The Vikings, meanwhile, haven't played really any good tight ends. And even, like,
0: the – And they won't this weekend.
1: And they won't this weekend, yes. You're correct. (laughs) But, I mean, up against the Colts, right? Jelani Wood, 1-for-1 for for 36. Kyle Granson, 2-for-2 for for 34. I mean, like, it's like they're just giving up – a ton of yards to the tight end position. I think trying to focus so much on the outside. But I mean they are to the entire secondary. Can I interest you in any
0: Robert Tanyan or are you fading that? I am I'm not against it. Like so if I play if I play Rogers, all of his weapons are cheap. So I'm I'm double stacking Rogers uh pretty much every time because I don't think he has anybody who has 6K. So assuming Watson is healthy, I will play Watson in every Rodgers lineup because that's the explosive guy really that I think you need to take the top off this thing. And then, you know, with Watson active, the the wide receiver split enough routes um, that I think I would be pretty content playing Watson and Tunyon together uh, as my stack there. If Watson does not play, I'll probably default to Dubs and Lazard um, more commonly, but I'm I'm okay playing Tunyon really in in any circumstance. I mean, I, I don't like him as like an individual play, but in the context of a game stack, sure, you get a touchdown.
1: Yeah, he might end up with two, the same amount that he's had the whole season, I think. Yeah, or maybe he only has one. All right, so I, I'm going to go ahead and pivot off to a different game now. All right, so we're going to try and fill in this roster, and I'm going to start with a team or a, a game that I don't think is is going to have any kind of significant ownership just because I, I see it as a lower-scoring game, and you know neither team have been phenomenal. Both teams want to run the ball nonstop. That's just their philosophy. That's how they want to go about things. Uh, And I want to start out at the tight end position since we're right there. And speaking of teams that haven't played any tight ends, the Washington Commanders, right? Mm. They have played uh, outside of George Kittle, who they just gave up uh, six for 120 and two touchdowns. (laughs) Jesus. Uh, They've played the Giants. Uh, They've played the Falcons without Kyle Pitts. They played the Texans. They played the Eagles. Uh, Dallas Goddard during that game, by the way, ended up putting up 11 fantasy points. Um, they played the Vikings with TJ Hawkinson, nine for 70 in that game. They played the Colts, who they don't have a tight end. They, they played Robert Tanyan, who didn't do anything against them. Uh, they did shut down Cole Komet, if you consider that an advantage. Um, yeah, well, who doesn't? But then, like the Titans and then the Cowboys with Jake Ferdinand. Dalton Schultz wasn't even healthy. Uh, the Eagles again, with, by the way, which by the way, Dallas, Dallas Goddard almost had the exact same stat line, put up 11.6 points. Um, and then the Lions with Hawkinson. I believe who still ended up having a very good game against them. So yeah,
0: I Hawkinson, really... that was, that was the team Hawkins and got two weeks in a row. If I recall, right?
1: <laughs> uh, it wasn't two weeks in a row, but it was two weeks. Okay. <laughs> so I will say like in Joku for me is a massive play this week. I think the Washington is going to be able to put the Browns in a situation where it's might be a close game, but they're going to be losing. And they're going to have to pass. And Washington, every single time they played a good tight end, has actually allowed points to the tight end position. Like I, I just read them off. And it's been double digit fantasy points in almost every matchup. And Joku has that ability. I think he was, what, three for six last week? You know, not the best week ever. But as Sean Watson, well, see, they, it's more played in that, they played in
0: that unplayable game last week. They were 31 yeah. total in the windstorm. I don't, I don't really care about any Cleveland stat line in that game.
1: I mean, but Njoku makes things interesting. And I think he's low enough price to be able to to make this manageable at forty one hundred. That that sixth overall defense, that's a that's a fraudulent ranking right there. That's fraudulent. That is not real. Can I Yeah, you I, I have David?
0: I have no. I'm always in on Njoku. I love I love David Njoku. I'm always happy to play David Njoku. All right. Um, I think that if we're talking about that Cleveland Washington game, you know, I don't mind I don't mind any aspect of Cleveland really because uh, I don't think anyone's gonna play it. Um probably where I have some objection is I'm, I'm going to be low on Brian Robinson for sure. I'm expecting what? to see up close to 20% ownership on Brian Robinson. Um, and he's just not an archetype of running back that I'm interested in playing at ownership. Like I understand that Antonio Gibson is out. Okay. I'm not sure that changes his role really at all. Like if we look over the last couple of weeks, Brian Robinson had essentially crowded Antonio Gibson out of any early down carries that weren't just, you know, mop up duties really. Brian Robinson was clearly handling the, the majority of the early down duties. And then what we saw last week was that when they fell behind in the last couple of drives after Antonio Gibson had left the game, it was Jonathan Williams, uh, former Colts yep. legend, Jonathan Williams, <laughs> um, who was playing those pass down snaps. Brian Robinson is what he is. He's a hammer. Like he's going to play on the early downs. And he's now going to see even less competition for those early down snaps, for sure. Williams will be purely a breather back. But he's still subject to all of the same game script concerns that other early down running backs would be that will have lower ownership, like, say, a Zonovan Knight, you know, who's in a game. I think he he projects similarly in terms of an early down back with a pass down back in tow that has game script concerns. He's going to be in that 5K range he's not going to be his own as Brian Robinson. I think that people are probably overreacting a little bit to the change that the Antonio Gibson uh, news is going to bring to his role. And just in general, you know, we're talking about a running back who has not been explosive this year. He's a guy who's generally been, you know, churning runs in a cloud of dust, right? This isn't a guy who's breaking 60-yard touchdown runs. This is a guy who's compiling eight-yard inside power O after eight-yard power O repeatedly making Ron Rivera's dick hard off it. Anyhow, this is just the type of archetype of running back in a game with a 41 total who at ownership with game script phase out concerns, I'd prefer to avoid because I think even in a scenario where he plays well, it often looks like 90 rushing yards, a touchdown and one reception. And it's like, okay, I can live with it. I can find that somewhere else. And there's always a possibility with Brian Robinson, where if this game does not go as Washington hopes, uh, very sorry, Chase, if this if this happens to you this weekend. But let's say that Cleveland gets up on them early. You know, it, it's always in play that Brian Robinson has 12 carries, 35 yards, nothing else, and Ju Williams is catching the dump off in the second half.
1: No, that is very possible. In fact, it's probably more likely than than not. But let me ask you this: if Washington gets a goal line carry, is it going to be Brian Robinson that's oh, giving yeah. the that carry? Of course. Okay. Well, the Cleveland Browns are allowing a touchdown per game to the running back on the ground. Meanwhile, We have just explosive, explosive outings allowed by the Browns defense uh, as of late. I mean, 97 yards to the Saints in a touchdown. The Ravens, J.K. Dobbins, ended up having, what, 125 yards. Uh, Joe Mixon got 96 yards, but he only had 14 carries, so 6.86 yards per carry. I mean, Damian Pierce had a great game. Like Rashad White had a very good game. There is potential here for a blow-up game. And if you're not going to at least sprinkle some Brian Robinson in some lineups, you could be you could completely get left in the dust if he comes away with two touchdowns and 100 yards. I'm okay getting
0: left in the dust. I get left in the dust all the time. I'm not – look, <laughs> here's my question, okay? What is the, what is the fundamental difference in Brian Robinson's role and Zonovan Knight's role? Because everything you said about Cleveland being a fantastic – Rushing running back matchup is 100 true. It's on the night $200 less. Okay, yeah, he's going to be projecting for about half the ownership, and he gets the Seattle defense, which is also an, an elite running back matchup. So I'm I'm just curious, what's the what what why do I have to play Brian Robinson when I can basically just take the same shot to me on a similar early down running back in a fantastic matchup at the same price range? The only thing is different is I get half the ownership.
1: For me, it's just more of of the team they're playing. And the Seattle Seahawks, we brought it up last week, right? They were really good in the beginning of the season up against running backs on the ground. They struggled up against pass-catching running backs. They still struggle up against pass-catching running backs. So for me, I feel like they could end up utilizing in a game that could end up turning into maybe not a shootout necessarily, but a game that could get a little bit more higher scoring than than the game that we're looking at currently.
0: Right, which is part of why I prefer that game because I don't have to deal with this stupid hunt fast.
1: <laughs> no, I, I understand that as well, but I, I just see the efficiency levels for Brian Robinson being significantly higher than Zonovan Knight, And I think that there's a bigger chance that we're going to see turnovers from Washington's side versus turnovers from the, the jet side of things, just because I don't think that the Seahawks are going to end up passing a whole bunch. I don't think they're going to force a bunch of turnovers. I'd much rather have Brian Robinson on a short field up against a bad run defense, but I understand your point. I get it. Let's go ahead and let's move on. If, if you're not going to play Ro- Brian Robinson, this game, like, I wouldn't play anybody from Washington personally.
0: I guess, yeah. Well, the way I, the way I just put this is like, okay, if Michael Carter was ruled out, okay, and Antonio yes. Gibson was in, so it's not an anti Brian Robinson date. If Michael Carter was ruled out and Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson was playing, I would have said the exact same thing, but in reverse. I would have been like, really? Everybody, right? The Bam Knight would have double the ownership in that scenario. And I would say, yeah, but the majority of Michael Carter's role is just going to go to Ty Johnson on passing downs. Like I'm saying about Jonathan Williams with Antonio Gibson. And then I'm going to say, yeah, Brian Robinson has an equally great matchup to Zonovan Knight. I'd rather just play him and half the ownership. So it's not like I'm against Brian Robinson. I, I just don't think that he's twice as good of a play. He's going to be twice as owned. It wouldn't surprise me if he's a better play. I'm not sure. They seem kind of the same to me. That, that's all I'm saying. I'd rather play the less owned version. Or A.J. Dillon, who's going to be entirely unowned in a similar price range.
1: All right, well, let's fade Let's in fade Joku then for now because I have better tight end matchups that I want to go with if I'm going to play these games. Um, so for me, if we're going to fade the Washington game, we need to fade it completely if you're not going to play Brian Robinson. So who I actually want to go up uh, with next is the Jags and the Texans. Uh, the Texans obviously have a decent overall pass defense. I think this is going to be a Travis Etienne slugfest. Like, he is one of my top locks on the entire week. I love Travis Etienne. How do you feel about that?
0: I, I like Travis Etienne a lot. Uh, in a vacuum, I'm a little bit worried about what's going on with Jacksonville. The fact that it's only Jags plus or Jags minus three has me a little bit sketched. Uh, uh, that line does not feel real to me. That that feels like a line that's baking in, like we're pulling starters at halftime risk. Like I, I just don't uh. think, I, I just don't think that the way that Jacksonville's played recently against the Houston Texans that they should only be a three point favorite if they were playing full fright. Now I know they're saying that they're going to. I understand that. I understand like they're going to start their guys. It's just sketchy, sketchy to me. That being said, I would say that I'm a little bit more comfortable fading the pass game side of it because it'll be more owned um, than I am with Travis ETN side of it because I think that'll be a little bit under owned at 6,400. You know, in a smash matchup, if everything goes according to plan, I think you get the most bang for your buck there. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to play ETN, but I do think that there's some downside risk.
1: I do think ETN makes sense near primarily because of the story I'm about to tell, but I think the Texans, the primary reason why they're negative three is because they've taken arguably – Two of the best teams in the NFL, like two teams that can make it to the Super Bowl, and they brought it down to the wire with those two teams and the Chiefs Isn't and the that Cowboys. Turnover
0: variance though like they got a lot of turn, like they were like plus five in turnovers. It, those two games,
1: it doesn't matter. I mean, it, they still brought two of the best teams all the way to the end, and then they take the Titans and they beat the Titans, who at the time I believe were, were number one in their division. So uh, for me, I think it's it's more so about the late play of the Texans than it is anything else. Because if they ended up having anything more than seven, I mean, that's a bigger line than what they carried out the past three weeks, right? Like, if, if they have anything more than, I think, six, then it's bigger line than they've carried out um, mm. in more of the past three weeks. And they played three top-tier teams. Right. So I, I think that's what it, it more so has to do with. I think ETN's going to play to the finish. I do want to play ETN in this lineup because I want to be able to bring in a tight end. And that tight end, for me, is going to be between one of two guys we're going to have Jordan Akins. as a Quentin Tarantino? <laughs> uh, it is not. It is uh, either Jordan Akins or Brevin Jordan, who they both played a similar amount of snaps last week. Jordan Akins was a lot more efficient. Um, it allows you to get into the end zone. And Jacksonville has struggled really bad up against tight ends. Let me read this off over the past six weeks: 20 or 35 points to the tight end, 26.6, 28.3, 5.9, womp, womp, but 14.5. 11.4. Those are the uh, amount of points they've allowed to the tight end over the past six weeks individually. I do think that Jacksonville is, is going to be close to elite on the outside. I think that they're very good up against the running back position and Royce Freeman and, and company have not looked good or efficient. I need to find a way that the Texans are going to score. And I think that we could see a Jordan Akins two touchdown week or Brevin Jordan two touchdown week in here. Talk me out of this or, or talk me into it. How you feeling?
0: Well, now I got a, Look up Texans route counts. I didn't think I'd have to know anything about Texans tight ends. <laughs> so that's upsetting. It, it, it's close. It's, so last uh, last week, last week we saw a three man committee. So we had Jordan Akins uh, running sixty percent of the routes. We had Brevin Jordan running just under forty percent, and we had Quentin Tarantino running twenty percent of the routes. Uh, three man tight end committees are never what you ideally want to see employed when you are trying to pick a DFS tight end. I guess what I would say is that if you are playing a uh, Texans tight end, I would probably pick Jordan Akins just based off of the fact that he's run the most routes recently. I mean, we've seen Brevin Jordan's routes go all over the place. Like there's been weeks in the last month where he's ran three, you know, so he ended up getting up to 40% last week. That's not great. Um, and and that might be a high watermark for him. So I think Jordan Akins is probably the guy I would play if I if I was stacking this game. I'm not sure that he would be my bring back if I'm just doing an ETN skinny. I mean, this this will seem like I know this is like gross because he's like a gross person and like a gross player and he's washed and whatever else, but like Brandon Cook saw a lot of targets last week. He's only forty eight hundred dollars. Um, I'd probably rather just play Brandon Cooks than go chasing the tight end committee if I'm doing like a little skinny.
1: Jacksonville's been great on the outside.
0: I don't really care. <laughs> I mean, the matchups. The, I mean, C. C. D. Lamb had no issues with. I know that Brandon Cooks is not C. D. C. D. Lamb, but I mean, they're gonna Brandon Cooks is the only player they have. I don't. I don't think they're gonna have, they're gonna be able to move him around if they wish. Um, I, I'm not sure of his alignment the last week, to be honest with you. But uh, I I think that I think that I would just rather play the guy who's gonna play all the snaps who I can trust to get some level of targets. I, I mean, is Chris Moore, is he still getting slot, slot status in, in Houston? Is, is that a guy that you want to bring back from the dead, or, or is he is he dead for you? Is that uh, one of these shitty I mean,
1: he, You knew You knew where I was with Chris Moore, right? Like, I liked Chris Moore in certain weeks. Other weeks, I faded him, and he, he hit in mean, 50% of those times. This week, I'm going to fade him. I'm not that interested okay. in him. Uh, I think that it could end up being somewhat of a low-scoring game to an extent, but I do think that there will be a concentration of targets uh, and a concentration of, of ownership. Uh, towards certain players and, and honestly i just don't see jordan akins even seeing ownership but i think i have oh, like five I, tight ends i believe that you
0: I, I believe you i believe you that jordan akins will not see ownership yeah that's you have yeah, that correct
1: i i have like five tight ends on the slate that i just absolutely love and none of them are going to be popular so i am I'm, I'm cool with running out uh travis Etienne uh naked on this matchup, like with Brian Robinson, I, I want to do the run back with Njoku. I wasn't going to play Njoku without playing some sort of way that Washington would score, because if not, then they would just run Chubb and Cream Hunt the whole time. Uh, I think that Jordan Akins has a chance to get two touchdowns, no ownership. That's a guy that could win you a tournament. That's why I was going that route. But let's go ahead and hop on to... I don't a, hate it.
0: I mean, look, it's six, if he's going to run 60% of the routes, Nico calls on IR. They're going to be using multiple tight ends. He's just like a gross. gross and red zone player. touches. He's If they can
1: get into the red zone, right? The key is getting into the red zone. If they get in the red zone, they don't have anybody else to pass to. Okay. I mean, they're not going to be passing to, to Brandon Cooks on the outside. Right. Put, put running in our, it.
0: You can put Akins in our lineup, but no Brevin Jordan. I mean, I, look, by gosh, I really wish that the Houston Texans would give all of their tight end routes to Brevin Jordan instead of 30 million yes. year old Jordan Akins. I mean, fuck. Me too. <laughs> but, Me too. But Me they, too. Unfortunately, Lovie <laughs> Smith doesn't want us to have fun. All right, Jordan so Higgins, probably his 19th NFL season. He's like the Mercedes Lewis of the AFC.
1: I, I'm going to save this next one because you don't like playing three uh, running backs. You like playing your two running backs. and playing. No, I don't like playing
0: three. I, I, I'm, I change every slate. It depends mm-hmm. on the values in the slate. I'm fine with playing three
1: running backs. All right, so I'm going to pitch this idea out to you. Okay, I'm going to throw it out there. Yeah. You can shoot it down. You can take it if you want to. Uh, but this is a guy that I was very high on in the offseason. I know you don't like this guy because you don't like this, this archetype type of player. Um, but... He he breaks tackles right. He's he's kind of sluggish, but he's able to oh, generate okay. yards after contact. If you wow, can really, think about who I'm saying, wow, I'm,
0: I'm so tempted.
1: If you can this, think about who I'm saying, like go ahead and say. It. This, so is, this, right. this,
0: this this is not Brian Robinson, to be clear. It's
1: it's not it's not. And I don't even okay. like Brian Robinson, by the way. Is,
0: uh, is but this Tyler Algier. It is Tyler Algier.
1: Yeah. Seventy four okay. rushing yards last week. Sixty three of them were after contact. Uh, he also had the second most broken tackles last week, behind only Derrick Henry, who had nine. Tyler Algier had eight. Uh, meanwhile, we have the Arizona Cardinals who have the third yeah. most missed tackles on the season with 78 missed tackles. This is where like my my like DFS like radar, my DFS like alarms goes off because this is like the type of guy that I want to play. Like it's literally the perfect matchup up against a bad defense in the interior. Uh, with a running back that can generate yards after the touch and a game that's just gross, right? Like, we can't trust David Blau to to throw the ball a ton, so we're going to be left with short field positions. And, and I just see a, a position where Tyler Algier could absolutely smash and, and finish off with two touchdowns, especially especially if we can get some turnovers over there from the Arizona side, right? Like, if we can get a couple interceptions, which Arizona's capable of doing. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry, oh, Atlanta, can, Atlanta is capable yeah, of can doing. We get some
0: turnovers from the Snow
1: yeah. Oh, it's it's very possible, especially with this like nine inch hands. So, you know, and I also, by the way, I like James Conner in this game a lot. So I'm cool with playing James Conner or Algier. Yeah, like Connor. Um, but I don't want to play them both together because neither one have breakaway run ability. Right? They're both guys that are gonna break mind playing,
0: I don't mind playing. them together. Connor. Oh and God. The, script of the backup quarterback is gonna just pile oh, yeah. up dump off.
1: Oh yeah. You're right. I didn't think but about that. But I'd rather play Algier. Hald- That's why we Hald- do the show together. George.
0: I'd rather play my, Algier with my guy, Dorch or, or McBride. I mean, I'm, I'm like totally fine uh, playing McBride.
1: I, I can't do McBride. I just have too many other oh, oh, but, shitty Akins. tight ends. I like.
0: <laughs> you like Jordan Akins, but Trey McBride is a step too low. For you.
1: It's, it's just a step too low. There's not enough you know, upside play Jordan. Oh my God. All right. So are, can we play Tyler Algier or you want to play James Conner?
0: Uh, I'm fine with either one of them, to be honest. Oh. So Tyler Algier, I'm expecting to see, I'm expecting to see similar ownership on him and Brian Robinson. Um, I, if I had like a crystal ball where I knew which one was going to see less ownership, that's probably the one I'd go with. Um, I think Alex here is a strong play. I mean, Arizona's is incredible matchup. He has certainly taken over the backfield more in recent weeks. And unlike Brian Robinson, he actually plays the passing down. Yes. Um, he, he got four. And, of- and Desmond Ritter is a lot more willing to check it down to the running backs than Marcus Mariota was. I think we've seen CPAT mostly phase mm-hmm. out other than some change of pace snaps on the early down. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty into Tyler Algier this week. He was my premium play in Hitchhiker's um, Guide to Running Back this week. So I'm excited about Tyler Algier. I think he'll probably be too owned for me to make him like a flag plant play. I think that the time to get in early was probably last week. But, um, yeah, I think he, I think he's a strong strong point point-per-dollar play and, and his ownership will be reasonable enough that I think if I was going to go those, like, cheap running backs, right, the the, the three cheap rookie running backs that are going to be owned or, or well, night no, won't be that owned. I would say Algier is like my favorite in a vacuum, and then I would say Knight is second solely because I think he'll be a lot less owned than the other two, and then Robinson comes in third because I, I like Algier more straight up, and then I like Knight better with the ownership considered, and, and I feel like you're going to have to play one of those guys in a lot of lineups to, to make it work with the dollars and cents, maybe even two of them, so that. It is. All, all three of these like guys
1: that. are going to see some level of ownership just because the pricing ends up working out and there aren't too many like punt options essentially for the running back position on this slate. But I, yeah, by the way, Harry Snowman, I see you in the chat, by the way. Uh, it is silent tonight. It, it's a silent night from Harry the Snowman. So, Ooh, you like that? All right, let's go ahead sure. and let's move on to our wide receiver position. Do we, I, I played well, the or, wait, defense, we play the Lynn Perkins defense, by the way. There's
0: another guy in that range. It's your favorite player do you want is this a DeAndre Swift week is he's in that range with with uh same price range with all the rookies um
1: he is but I want to stack this game in the games that I'm playing Swift in I don't want to okay. run out Swift solo right. okay. uh so I, I do want to move on to uh, we did play the Atlanta Falcons defense along with it at only 2700 uh the pricing ends up working out great left us with 5400 between two players so we can run it back if we really want to with Greg Dorch.
0: I I don't love that. Oh, I really the, do.
1: With the Falcons defense?
0: Oh yeah. I mean Greg Dorch, I've done the inferior goods bit a million times, but like Greg Dorch is a can of spam in a recession. Like that guy thrives when things are at their worst. So I'm I'm playing Greg Dorch. I don't know how owned he's gonna be. If it gets like if he gets so much buzz, I like Greg Dorch more if Hopkins plays. Honestly, because I don't I think he's gonna get a bunch more ownership if Hopkins is out. And I don't really think that Hopkins has a whole lot of bearing on Greg Dorch doing whatever little dinky drag routes he's gonna do in the slot. But I mean, he's played five games this year where he's actually been their slot wide receiver. He had one other game where he played a bunch of snaps, but he had to play out wide because Cliff Kingsbury's moron. But five games that he was their slot wide receiver, playing over 70% of the offensive snaps. The least amount of PPR points he's had in any of those five games was 13.5. He gets a fantastic matchup this week where the only Falcons secondary member worth anything is A.J. Terrell, who I'm assuming if Hopkins plays, Terrell will be on hop the entire time. And I'm assuming if Hopkins does not play, then he's going to see a lot of Marquise Brown. He's not going to be going anywhere near Greg Dorch. And people were bringing up, oh, would you still play him without Trace McSorley? He's over these five games. He's done it with three different quarterbacks. He did it once with Kyler. He's seen has a 10-target game. He has a 10-target game with Cole McCoy. He has a 10-target game with Trace McSorley. <laughs> um, D- David Blau sucks, obviously. So I, I don't think that it's that much of a concern. I think with all these crap quarterbacks in a good matchup, you know they're going to be feeding over the middle, which is why I like McBride. Probably if Dorch looks like he's going to get up into like the 20% own range, I have some level of self-respect that won't allow me to play Greg Dorch at 20%. That's when I would um, pivot to, to McBee. But um, if he stays in like the ten percent range, then I'm I'm all over the human Dorch. I think, that, I think David Blau is capable of throwing it three point nine yards per <laughs> yeah. attempt. That's the hope.
1: Dorch's a dot is. Yeah. All right, so we need to fill this in, and it's kind of the funny. Human drag route. As we're running through the wide receiver position, uh, there is we have one spot left to fill in, and if we play Greg Dorch, which we are, there's only three oh, we money, money. receivers we cannot play. We cannot play AJ Brown. We cannot play Devontae Adams, and we cannot play uh, Tyree Hill, Which two of those three I pr- probably would not play this week. So, and if Marshawn Lattimore doesn't play, I probably don't really want any of those guys. So it sets me up with my top options at receiver. Uh, Number one being Amonaral-St. Brown, which I think is great for this game. I don't want to dive into this game just yet because I want to talk about it on the next uh, matchup that we build. Jalen Waddle, though, right? Like, if New England decides to take, try to take away, I should say, Tyreek Hill, and they go with Jalen Waddle, Dude, that's a crazy awesome matchup. Uh, I also love Keenan Allen out of the slot, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit as well. I love Keenan Allen out of the slot up against the Rams. You know I talk about it all the time, about the type of defense the Rams play. Uh, and how they allow underneath routes. Meanwhile, we should see Patrick, or I'm sorry, Jalen Ramsey. I almost went with the old Washington quarterback. Uh, we should see Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey.
0: Wow, that's a callback.
1: Patrick Ramsey, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Oh, who's Peyton Ramsey? That's a guy too, but Patrick Ramsey, yeah, he was what, like the Spurrier era of the Washington. Yeah, Rams- it was.
1: It was a Spur era. Was it? Did he come from Rutgers? I don't remember. I just Peyton, remember him. Peyton kidding. Ramsey. No, yeah,
0: pa- Peyton Ramsey was an Indiana Hoosiers. College quarterback. That's who Peyton <laughs> Ramsey is, and Patrick Ramsey. I thought he came from Florida State, but I can't oh remember. he
1: might ma- no that was uh that was Werfel. Did Patrick Ramsey also come from? I can't remember. No, Werfel
0: Flo- was from Florida, and what? Patrick Ramsey went to Tulane.
1: <laughs> We're gonna lose all of our listeners talking about early 2000s yeah, two thousands quarterbacks.
0: Tulane Patrick Ramsey, round one pick at a Washington, formerly known as the Redskins. Two thousand. It was Tulane.
1: Yeah, I knew it was some smaller school like that. All right, so I. Personally, I like Amon ra St. Brown. I love Jalen yeah. Waddle. Um, I love uh, uh, Keenan Allen. Those are my I'll top I'll say three. this
0: for Amon ra St. Brown. like, uh, So I'm going to play Amon ra St. Brown. I would somehow, like if this were a lineup that I were building, I would eventually somehow reconfigure it because I'm just not going to play a 25% owned Amon ra St. Brown as the only member of the game with the highest over-under on the slate. Like I, I just can't quite yeah, stomach yeah. like that. Like if I'm playing Amon ra and I will, I'm playing that at least – correlated somehow like i'm either doing it with golf i'm doing it with a bear any bear um something i think just like playing a solo dolo 25 percent owned Amon raw with no other members of the game when it was 52 point total it's just like asking to get bypassed by other players so I, I would struggle with it but i'm certainly down with it at least in, in a vacuum um why Waddle- everybody else. Everybody else, like, yeah, I mean, I'm fine enough with Keenan Allen. Certainly, he's he's a guy you can solo dolo. And while I'm fine with, too, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. I was going to mention this, but I'm even considering rolling out Teddy Stacks. Uh, the Patriots' defense has not been a good pass defense all year. Um, I think that they're kind of just coasting off of, like, reputation of Bill Belichick. You're also going to have to keep up with the Joneses this week. Both New England Joneses are out this week. Uh, both their corners, Jack and Marcus. Uh, oh, so. So you're they're down two starting cornerbacks. Uh, that's going to be, I think, quite a lot of room to operate for Waddle and Hill. And I mean, Teddy Bridgewater. Say what you want about him, the, the guy's never seen a third down marker. He doesn't want to throw short of, but he can certainly, I think, deliver the ball <laughs> to Waddle and Hill appropriately. And I think people. I was going to say this um, about this game. I think people are a little too low on Teddy because they lost those two games when two missed earlier in the season. People. Don't remember that Teddy Bridgewater, I think, only played about two drives of the first game before he got knocked out with an injury. And then they start Skylar Thompson the next game for some weird reason. Teddy Bridgewater comes in when they're already down about three scores. And, I mean, he's playing vanilla defense. But they move the ball perfectly fine in the second half against uh, Minnesota Vikings in that spot. I think a lot of people are also pointing to the split with Hill and Waddle in the Skylar-Teddy games and being like, oh, it's gonna be all Hill. I mean, look, you'd project Hill higher. You'd project Hill higher every single week, obviously. But Jalen Waddle was on the injury report in both of those weeks. He was dealing with something, I forget exactly which body part. Um, I'm not convinced that it's like a scenario where Teddy's only going to be able to supply Tyree Kill with value. I think Waddle can can have value this week. Absolutely,
1: Jacob. I told everybody at the beginning of the show that we we're going to build like five lineups. We're not forty four like minutes two. in. Yeah, we, <laughs> we could we could have saved that for for anyone. All right. So which one are you picking, Waddle or Keenan Allen? Uh, I will pick Jalen Waddle. All right. Let's do it. Let's enter this one in, and let's go ahead and try to get. Wait. What is this? I've never had more mode. information. Yeah, I don't know. It's in there though. All right, okay. let's try and build another lineup. So before,
0: quickly before we build another lineup, I want to let you know uh, about about a couple of our friends, and I need to let you know about our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Okay, uh, if you are enjoying this conversation, if you're enjoying playing DFS, if you don't want the fun to stop on your fantasy season at the end of this week, you got to get out onto Underdog Fantasy, and there's never been a better time because they are running their playoff contests. They are running the Gauntlet. And they are now running the Mitten 2, the second of the mittens, uh, where you can go and select players in underdog playoff best ball contests. It's a super fun contest. you got to think strategically through which teams you think are going to advance. Oh, no, if this team gets the bye, you know, am I going to be able to advance? Should I be loading up on these players that play early? What teams potentially are going to play in certain rounds so you avoid putting them together? It's a super fun, fun, fun format to try and think through. I know Chase and I each had some writing on player profiler from it on last year's uh, playoff best ball. So you could definitely go and check that out on PlayerProfiler.com. But if you are going to go on underdog and you are new to the underdog family, make sure to use promo code underworld. You can get a hundred dollars when you sign up and make sure to check out the mitten Two, the gauntlet, any other of their playoff best ball contest.
1: All right. So let's go ahead and let's hop on to another stack. And, uh, I- I don't know if we're going to be able to build a, a third one. Would you rather go with no, the Justin Herbert one. or Justin
0: Fields? I'm going to go with uh, Justin Fields, especially for the content purposes. I feel like this is the game that most people want to stack. So let's let's give it to him. Let's give him the Lions and the Bears uh, and the Tigers. Oh, my. <laughs> and this was the game.
1: As soon as uh, I saw the slate, I was like, oh, Jacob, I'm taking this game.
0: This is my game. Yeah. 52-point um, total at home. You know it's so funny? When We were doing basketball season right, all summer, and you know everybody's pontificating, okay, what are the games that we want to be stacking in these week 17 game stacks, and no, nobody's top of their list was the Lions and the Bears, right, everybody, we got to stack the uh, Bills and the Bengals, that still looks like a good game, right, Monday night, uh, we got to stack the Chiefs and the Broncos, that game, I mean, you still want Chiefs, Broncos are fucking ass, uh, people are like, you want to make sure that you're stacking Uh, Oh, everybody wanted to stack the Chargers and the Rams. Nobody wants to stack the Rams anymore. But all of a sudden, the Bears and the Lions, which are probably like 12th on everybody's list of Week 17 game stacks all summer, it's the number one uh, hottest ticket in town. Everybody can't get enough of the Bears and the Lions. So let's do it.
1: Yeah, I I love the Bears and Lions uh, situation. I think it's going to be uh, a hell of a shootout. I think that we're going to see some yards generated from the quarterback position, obviously, with Justin Fields. And then the Lions, who, you know, we actually – we we. Last week we briefly hit on it. I did not think that the Lions would give up nearly that many yards to Chuba Hubbard
0: and Devonte <laughs> the, the, the Foreman. Whatever they were able to do for the run defense for that month, I mean, they—I don't even understand. They were such a bad run defense for the whole first half of the year, and then they were then great. They become this, then they become an impenetrable force, and they were like, "All right, we're done. <laughs> That's it. Okay, run through."
1: It was that whole I game was so bizarre. That whole game was so bizarre. I—I I don't want to spend. Too much time to talk you about it, it obviously.
0: 300 rushing yards. Unbelievable.
1: It was absolutely absurd. So I guess you can play David
0: Montgomery this week, uh, but also you could not play David Montgomery. I, I'm not really sure. Uh,
1: I would rather not play David Montgomery, but, I mean, like, if we choose to, to have, or if we decide this game is going to be a shootout, which I think if we're building a stack on this, we, we have to think that somebody, somebody is going to be relevant over there on the, the Chicago side outside of Justin Fields. So, I mean, is it Cole Komet? Like, who is it for you?
0: Well... I mean, one question, the guy I really want to play is Chase Claypool because he's earned targets at such a high rate since he's been with the Bears, and he was just starting to ramp up into more of a full time role before he got hurt. I I guess my question is just in a lost season, are they really going to insert him back to a full snap share? Like that that seems like pretty possible that they just don't. So I'll take some shots on Claypool, but I don't want to make him like a fixture. I think it was the week that he got hurt. I I think I made Claypool like almost a fixture in every lineup. And, of course, that was the week that he got hurt. And so I was a bummer. I I guess Cole Komet's going to be the main option. But, I mean, I don't know. Am I I super excited about playing Cole Komet with Fields when everybody else who plays Fields is also going to be playing Cole Komet and Cole Komet sucks at football? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not super excited. So, I don't know. I think I'd kind of just spin the roll of dice who, can you name another Chicago Bears wide receiver? What is it? Equinemius St. Brown. What about the brother narrative? What about that narrative that, that they'll make sure to get Equinemius St. Brown a touchdown against Amon Ross St. Brown? Didn't that happen last time? That happened last time they played. Well, then good. That's all the, all the more record. He has a 100% touchdown rate against the Lions this year. That means he's <laughs> guaranteed to score on I, I believe he did.
1: Uh, I have to double check that real quick. But I, he didn't even see snaps last week, I don't think. Or at
0: least didn't see a target. All did right. Time to, time to dig in. So all right, for uh, me, well, he did get hurt in that game, but he'll be fine.
1: Okay, cool. All right, for me, it's it's actually Velas Jones is is the guy that I might might be tempted to play outside of Cole Kmet. I mean, just because if Chase Claypool plays, it's probably going to be Jeffrey Kuda that's matching up against uh, Chase Claypool because that's the only guy that you know makes sense over there for him to shadow. Uh, which uh, we don't even know if he's going to end up shadowing at that point. So, I mean, Velas Jones is a guy he's going to have to play on the outside, but he sees those deep targets. He saw what two receptions last week I think for like 60 yards or 50 yards something like that so I mean velas Jones makes sense it's like a deep threat and nobody's gonna have ownership on him like you could literally play chalk for the entire rest of your lineup and if velas Jones hits for 100 yards and a touchdown like you're you're probably gonna end up winning the whole thing
0: yeah I mean that's the thing right I, I mean pretty much in terms of 3k wide receivers right in terms of any 3k wide receiver with ownership like it's gonna be going to be the human torch right uh and then after that you know anybody else that you want to play that that's able to outscore Dorch uh and outscore, i guess elijah moore might get a little bit at 3500 but yeah. for the most part you know you can play anybody else at 3000 you know no down payment risk-free uh and you'll be fine so i i'm i'm fine with vealus Velas jones last week ran 19 routes on 33 dropbacks. Now that was without Claypool and without Equinamia St. Brown.
1: He he did not get a touchdown, by the way, Equinamia St. Brown. I must have been thinking about a different game or something. It's anyone's guess.
0: I mean, assuming that EQSB and Claypool are both back in action this week, uh, as to who else is going to get wide receiver routes, I'm not sure. Last week they were led in routes by Byron Pringle, who who hasn't even played most of the season. So trying to guess, like, guess which Bears wide receiver runs a route is – is a game that is difficult to win. <laughs> should
1: we just fade it then? Should we just fade it entirely?
0: Uh, I mean, I think we should play one player with fields, but, and I guess what we're going to do is we're going to probably end up settling on, on Cole, socks of football Komet.
1: All right, let's go with Cole Komet at this point. God, man, I wanted to talk about more tight ends that I love. This is going to eliminate that. Oh, well, well. you know what? It's my
0: Christmas gift to you. You can play a double tight end lineup.
1: <laughs> I love it. All right. Let's go on to the, the line side of things. I think we have to play uh Ross St. Brown.
0: Yeah, and I want to play Swift too. I mean, look, I'm 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 a glutton for punishment. Uh, me too. Obviously. I I love it. I love punishment because I've been playing
1: Swift all freaking season. <laughs> Oh man! After last week up against Carolina, I can't believe he had that stat line. But I mean, you know, what are you going to do? It's a good thing, right? He's going to have lower ownership just due to that. He's going to be cheaper. You're going to save his a little money. His usage has been
0: all over the place, but like he's still getting snaps, and he he still gets a high rate of of targets per route. Obviously, he's prone to doing completely nothing on the ground. Um, we know this by now. But his role looks nothing like those other running backs. But from like an aggregate projection perspective, it's really not that different than you know the algier knight robinson etc he'll probably be i don't know i don't know if he'll be more or less owned than zonovan knight he'll almost certainly be less owned than tyler algier and brian Mm -hmm. robinson um and and he's a very explosive player and there's also some questions with jamal williams's health you know potentially lingering and it's a great matchup high over under i'm ready to get hurt again
1: (laughs) all right so i'm gonna go ahead and i I do want to talk about this game uh so i'm gonna Go ahead and, and pick my the ne- next matchup we want to try to attack. Um that's the 49ers up against the uh up against the Raiders. And I like this a lot more when Debo Samuel before Debo Samuel was ruled out because uh, yeah. the the Raiders they get crushed in the slot, but so do the 49ers. And we already know like the system that they run is is take what the defense gives you. And I think that we hit a point where Derek Carr was not following the game plan, and that's why he got benched. It's it's not because he was bad or anything. It's because he was not agreeing with Josh McDaniels. They were probably button heads, and he was probably targeting Devontae Adams far too much for Josh McDaniels' liking. Uh, Josh McDaniels, he likes to utilize what the defense gives up, like I said, and and that's for the 49ers, the slot position. We're going to see a lot of pressure off the edges. Uh, This could force Darren Waller to not be on the field as often. Uh, Foster Moreau to be on the field a lot more often. And this could actually open up a game for Hunter Renfro to uh, to seize the day. Hunter Renfro last week, I think, saw what seven targets, I believe.
0: Ah, uh, that sounds right to me. The only concern I have, he's still splitting time with Keelan Cole. He's playing, he's running more routes, but he has not fully eradicated Keelan Cole from three wide receiver sets. He um, has not,
1: but he is. He did get a touchdown last week. And you, you get a
0: touchdown,
1: he is uh carving out that role. I mean, he's only been back for two weeks, right?
0: So what's well, his salary? I, I I can't say that I 4k at Hunter Renfro. It's only um, 4K. That's okay. it. 4K sure. is, is feasible. Sure. You can he have your 4K, 4K Hunter Renfro. Sure. I
1: mean, I'm trying to create salary space because we, we went up okay. with, with Justin Fields, we're playing Amin Ross St. Brown. So I'm trying to go with a guy that could allow us to still play with our lineups who has touchdown upside and if they're going to unload the ball to with Jarrett him at quarterback, you know that he's not going to do a five-step drop back to target Devonte Adams. Sorry to what's tell what's you, what's the Raiders'
0: what's the Raiders' team total this week? Probably three points. Um, it is, I man, I'm trying to do math on the fly here, and and it's it's getting a little painful. It looks like 16 points. Team total 16 points. Um, I won't be playing a Raider this week, but 4K. Hunter 4K. Renfro. It's
1: 4K. Let's do it.
0: Merry, Merry Christmas, Hunter Renfro. Welcome to the lineup.
1: He If he gets one touchdown, he's halfway there to pay.
0: Sure. Okay. Are we, we going to do the all white guy stack? Are we going to play CMC now, too? <laughs> Why not?
1: No, I mean, so I, I really like Devo Samuel, but he's going to be out this week, and Juwan right. Johnson plays in the slot when Devo Samuel is in there. You want to do Juan Johnson?
0: No, we do not need to play Juwan Johnson. <laughs> Um, uh, John,
1: oh, I'm sorry, John Jennings. I we apologize. already have Cole Komet,
0: but I will allow I will allow you to pick between Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk. I'm fine with either of those options. I'm, I'm I refuse to play a solo Hunter Renfro <laughs> on a team with a 16 point total. So you can pick between Ayuk and CMC. Oh, that's man. that's 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 the best I can give you.
1: I I can't do Ayuk. You know that. I. Uh, I'm going to have to go with, with CMC. Okay. And then that could allow us to do a double gross tight end stack.
0: Or we can just play <laughs> Greg Dortch, our king. Oh, God. Um, okay. All right.
1: Oh, man, this is really shitty. Let me go ahead and put a defense in here. Um, ugh, you want to do, do the Falcons defense at 27? Might have to pay all the way down.
0: I, I, don't I literally don't care. You know this.
1: I, I know you care about it. I don't care. I, I just want
0: you to play whatever's the least on. I don't care.
1: <laughs> All right, Falcons defense is in there. I don't even know what the ownership is on the Falcons. No defense, idea. By the
0: way. I, I, I look at uh, the 49ers, will be the most on defense, which makes a lot of sense. All right, no, let me have, ask you a we'll question. Of- let me ask you a question.
1: Since you're a Colts fan, did Jelani Woods secure the the tight end position moving forward? Or
0: do you think Mo Ali Cox is going to outsnap him this oh, week? Oh, Mo Ali Cox is not a concern. Mo Ali Cox. Plays the Y tight end position, which is entirely capped in terms of its role in the offense. The F tight end position has been split between Jelani and Colin Granson. Colin Granson's out this week, so it'll be Jelani Woods again. So that's the other gross tight end that I really like this week. Yeah, I like Jelani Woods.
1: I also really like Zach Moss. I, I would actually really like to talk about this game, we're not going to be able to. Um, but. we uh... <laughs>
0: not going to be able to, as a Colts fan. I'm happy to not talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> but for the record, I also. I'm trying to put a way to phrase I like Zach Moss without saying I like Zach Moss. But I love among Moss. that tier of cheap running backs that we've all been talking about, Zach Moss's role is better than all of their asses. He sucks, but his role is better than all of Brian Robinson, Bam Knight, Tyler Algier, DeAndre Swift. His, he has the best role of any of them. He's going to play 80% of the snaps. I don't know why. But, just Saturday, but you can run but, on the Giants. You Saturday, can run on them. Just Saturday is when to feed Zach Moss come hell or high water. He has a good matchup. He's going to be like 2% off because he's Zach Moss. Um, uh, yeah, I'm fine with Zach Moss. Go for it. I love
1: Zach. Wait, should we go Zach Moss instead of Jelani Woods? Uh, yes, yes. Zach but Moss. I mean,
0: it we, we might be cost prohibitive, right? I don't think that the cost is all that prohibitive um, because then we can play Craig Dorch.
1: <laughs> no, no Greg Dorch. Come on. We got to do somebody else other than Greg Dorch. Come on, Jacob.
0: Okay, fine. 3,400 is the last thing before we hit before we head out for the, for, for this. Well, not to end the season. We'll be back for the next three weeks. We'll be doing three more weeks of this uh, for you hooligans, but um, let, let's let do, um, let's, let's do Elijah Moore at 3,500 and then we'll play the Patriots defense.
1: Wait, we only have 34. Oh, and you want to pivot yeah, it down fine.
0: to Patriots defense? Yeah. Or, or whoever defense. I, I don't really care. I just, some of the Patriots are 26. But someone someone 26 or lower. Oh,
1: pick, man. Pick, pick whoever
0: you want. You can pick the Texans if you really want to. You can pick the Panthers. I like the Panthers. Play the Panthers defense. Tom Brady's watch. Tom Brady's looked good the past couple weeks, I thought. No? All I mean, right. They, they're, they're fine. I mean, they're not. Tom Brady threw like three interceptions last week. Panthers can get some. They'll be fine. There we go. Play Elijah.
1: Mm. Okay. All right. Goal. We're in there. All right. Real quick, just to just to talk about a few guys that we didn't have a chance to talk about that we'll go into our locks. Um, I, I really love Justin Herbert this week. That was actually my favorite one, and we didn't even get to talk about it. Oh, I man. love I love running it with, uh, with Herbert, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. However, uh, the thing here is that if I decide to play all those three guys, then I have to play Cam Akers because I have to believe that they're going to be competitive to an extent. And I don't think that that's going to be the case for um, – you know, like I don't, I don't think that you can get value out of Herbert, Keenan Allen, and Austin Eckler if they end up blowing out the Rams. Mm. I'm also a little bit nervous about Austin Eckler to an extent because Aaron Donald's back. I know he hasn't had like the best season, you know, we, we've ever seen or anything like that, but he does impact the defense. Uh, Austin Eckler can still get the receiving yards. Not as worried about that, but uh, Akers is going to have to have a massive game in order for this game to be relevant, which means that you have to play Akers with Herbert, with Keenan Allen, with Austin Eckler, which is like a You know, that's a regular stack that we would typically talk about on a normal episode. uh, You know, if the slate wasn't so messed up this (laughs) week with all sorts of crazy stuff going on. So I love that stack. Um, In terms of the James Conner stuff, I love James Conner. We haven't talked enough about him this week, Uh, but he is in there. And yeah, I think that's about it in terms of games that I want to discuss. Oh, I, I do think that you can play. Uh, like I said, Jelani Woods, I think you play Paris Campbell. I think that Pittman is a bigger start than what we're considering. Um, but if you decide to play Daniel Jones with Hodgins and Barkley, and you think this game could actually exceed the expectations or exceed the 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 point total, if you think that, then it's I mean, you in there. It could
0: exceed the all-time record for rushing attempts.
1: It, yeah, it could actually and, be and,
0: it, and it might be the all-time record for fastest real-time end of game. It's like, very it might possible. Take two hours and 21 minutes. To, to,
1: from no, there. no, that's that's never It's never going to surpass the Washington game with Ron Rivera <laughs> up against the 49ers with Kyle Shanahan. I don't think that record will ever be broken. Oh, my God. All right. Let's go ahead and hop into this last little bit, which is our locks for the week. My lock is going to be Travis Etienne. I know typically we try to pick guys with lower ownership, but I think that you Travis know, Etienne. No, that on. They'll be fine. Uh, I, from be, the reports that I've scared. seen and what I have, it's like up at like thirteen to fifteen percent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it'll be like not
0: owned, but I just mean like he's not gonna be like 30 or anything crazy.
1: No, and I think as we start to see some of these other uh guys that are called out, we're gonna see a lot less ownership on Travis Etienne because you yeah. can pivot off of some of these other running backs and work your way towards cheaper options. So I think that Travis Etienne, who's more expensive, is going to see he's gonna be the first guy that, that people axe, I think, on their lineups to get off because there's nobody to run it back with. You know, I,
0: like, I, well, I, you're I, running I, it back with
1: Jordan I am. I am. I will be this week. I'm excited
0: for it. Yeah. All right. My guy this week, I've talked about him a lot. We didn't get him in any lineups, but I'm rolling with Bam this week. Um, I, Look, I, I, I like Bam Knight as a process play. I don't really have any opinions on what he's going to do, but I never really do. Here's why I like Bam Knight this week. First of all, excellent matchup. Second of all, he's still the primary early down back for the Jets. The only reason why that, that hasn't yielded anything the last couple of weeks, like it did the previous weeks, is that being the early down back for a team quarterback by Zach Wilson that's losing all the time is not a valuable role. This week they get the God, the Man, the Myth, the Legend, Mike White back, and so all of a sudden there's an actual possibility that they'll be able to play from ahead, which is where you need to have Zonovan of the Night. He's basically the same archetype as several other running backs with similar questions and more ownership, but who have pleased people more recently at the same dollar amount. That's going to keep his ownership down. I also think you get an extra benefit with Bam Knight because Garrett Wilson, it'll either be Garrett Wilson or Amon Ross St. Brown, most likely, who is the highest owned wide receiver on the slate. And so anytime you get the opportunity to get price leverage off of Brian Robinson, Tyler Algier, et cetera, and you get direct player leverage off of Garrett Wilson and whatever script that brings, that's where I want to go. Um, And so you kind of get a confluence of factors. You'd be excited about Zonovan Knight. I think he's a fun process play. Um, and so i'm I'm gonna be bamming it off in my lineups this week.
1: God. imagine saying a man a myth the legend has a name like Mike White.